Hey y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. And you are tuning in on the last episode of 2022. How are we at the end of this year? I have no earthly idea. But I have enjoyed being with you throughout um, each and every week of this year. And today we're going to finish up on our Christmas series focusing on the little town of Bethlehem and what that meant for us. And we've talked about how Bethlehem has been the birthplace of many things. Number one, we talked about how Bethlehem was the birthplace of hope. And we looked at the passage in Matthew chapter one where the angel visited Joseph and how Joseph was in the midst of a hopeless situation, but yet with the birth of of his son, Jesus, hope would come to earth. And Joseph was a direct recipient of that hope, as are we. And then we looked at Bethlehem as the birthplace of peace. And we looked at scripture in Luke chapter 1. And this is the account of the angel visiting Mary appearing to her and telling her that she has been chosen to be the mother of the Messiah. And what peace did she find in that message and a peace that was going to get her through her time with Jesus while he was here on earth. And then last week we looked at how Bethlehem was the birthplace of good news It was the birthplace of the gospel and what the implications were for those shepherds in Luke chapter 2 who heard the message of Jesus's birth, the first ones, and what that good news, that gospel means for us today. And so today we're going to finish up looking at the last little bit of the typical Christmas story, the character's if you will, of the wise men. And this is found in Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to be reading in verses 1 through 12. And it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler." who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, 
and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of frankincense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So in this passage, we see that Bethlehem is the birthplace of royalty. Now, not to insult anyone's intelligence, but royalty is people of royal blood or people of status and power, such as a king or a queen. So we see in these verses that these wise men, these magi, recognized that Jesus was king. He is king. And there are five things that point to this truth in these 12 verses. Number one is that they asked, where is he who had been born king? And where is he who is the ruler of Israel? We see that in verse two, and we also see it in verse six in the prophecy that's quoted from the book of Micah. So the wise men recognized that Jesus was the born king of the Jews, not the one that was appointed, not the one that is just sitting holding that spot, that he is the rightful heir to the Jewish nation. Number two, we see that Jesus is king because he has his own star that directed the wise men to where he was. I don't know about y'all, but I don't have a star that directs people to where I am. Um, And I certainly don't have control over the heavens and least of all a star. But Jesus did. And we see that in verse 2 as well as in verse 10. Number three is that his kingship garners a response of joy. And we see this in verse 10. When they saw the star, that it had stopped, when they had finally found the child, they were overjoyed. This word means to delight in God's grace with intensity to the max, all out or wide open. So they had a very clear and physical response to seeing Jesus as king. And what did that response lead to? It led to their worship. And that's the fourth truth, is that Jesus is king and he is worthy of worship. Verse 2 tells us that that's the reason they had come, was to worship him. And also in verse 11, we see that their actions were just as they had said that it would be. Their purpose for coming is what they followed through with by bowing down and worshiping him. And then the fifth thing that we see that proves that Jesus is king is that they presented him with these gifts, these quite costly gifts, in fact, the gifts of gold, which communicated to to Mary and Joseph that the wise men believed Jesus was a king, the frankincense that symbolizes Jesus in his priesthood for the nation of Israel, and then the myrrh, which was an oil that would be used to anoint his body at his death. So the wise men recognize that Jesus is king. Let's think about what does Jesus's kingdom look like? Psalm 103, 19 tells us that The kingdom of God has a throne that's established. 
in heaven and it's eternal and it rules over all the other nations. But five things that we can see about God's kingdom or Jesus's kingdom throughout the throughout scripture is number one, that it is strong and eternal. And we are told this in Daniel chapter two, verses 44 and 45. Number two, we know that Jesus's kingdom is upside down from the world's system of what a kingdom should look like. We know that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. We know that Jesus's kingdom is one of mercy and humility, not one of tyranny and force. And so it's upside down to what we might think of an earthly kingdom. We see this specifically in the book of Matthew in chapter 13, where Jesus speaks at length about his kingdom and what it, what it looks like. Number three, Jesus's kingdom is not of this world. John eighteen thirty six tells us that. Jesus's kingdom is also a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that's our fourth truth about Jesus's kingdom. We find that in Hebrews 12, 28, that we live in a kingdom. We operate in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And then number five, Jesus's kingdom is promised to those who love him. And James 2, 5 outlines that truth. I want to read to you what my study Bible tells us about what is outlined in the book of Matthew about Jesus's kingdom. Here we have the blueprint for the book of Matthew. And it says that the people of Israel were waiting for the Messiah, their king. Matthew begins his book by showing how Jesus Christ was a descendant of David. But Matthew goes on to show that God did not send Jesus to be an earthly king, but a heavenly one. His kingdom would be much greater than David's because it would never end. Even at Jesus's birth, many recognized him as king. Herod the ruler, as well as Satan, was afraid of Jesus's kingship and tried to stop him. But others worshiped him and brought royal gifts. We must be willing to recognize Jesus for who he really is and worship him as king of our lives. Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, which are directions for living in his kingdom. He also told many parables about the difference between his kingdom and the kingdoms of earth. Forgiveness, peace, and putting others first are some of the characteristics that make one great in the future kingdom of God. And to be great in God's kingdom, we must live by God's standards right now. Jesus came to show us how to live as faithful subjects in his kingdom. Jesus was formally presented to the nation of Israel, but rejected. How strange for the king to be accused, arrested, and crucified. But Jesus demonstrates his power even over death through his resurrection and gained access for us into his kingdom. With all this evidence that Jesus is God's son, we too should accept him as Lord. My study Bible further goes on to explain that Jesus is revealed as the King of Kings. His miraculous birth, his life and teaching, 
His miracles and his triumph over death show his true identity. Jesus came to the earth to begin his kingdom. His full kingdom will be realized at his return and will be made up of anyone who has faithfully followed him. So with this in mind, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for believers today, for real life? I've come up with five things that I feel like will help us in walking out being a faithful member of Jesus's kingdom. Number one is that Jesus should be king of my life and of your life. Number two, God's grace through Jesus to you and me should activate an exceedingly great joyful response. Just as it did for the wise men, it should do the same for us. Number three, there is work to be done now to prepare for his second coming. We must look to Jesus for our example of how he lived and how he treated others and do that. Number four, his kingdom should be more than lip service. Our allegiance to him should come from a place of power. And then number five, a royal identity is given to us with a royal purpose. And to bring this last point home, I'm going to read some supporting scripture. First of all, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Revelation 1.6 tells us that, And he has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And then Revelation 22.5 says, There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. This is our royal identity and this is our royal purpose. So is Jesus the king of your life? Has God's grace activated an exceedingly great joyful response in your life? Are you looking to Jesus for your example of how to live and how to interact with others and to treat them as Jesus would? Is your allegiance to Jesus more than lip service? And do you understand that you have a royal identity which gives you a royal purpose? I hope that you do. I have to ask myself those same questions. Do I act like I am a co-heir with Christ in his kingdom? If I'm honest, a lot of days I don't. And a lot of times that thought never even crosses my mind. But as I finish out this year and this 2022 and I look to 2023 and what God may have in store for me, I want to be more committed to thinking about how I am a member of a kingdom that will never end, that's strong, that will never be shaken, 
that has room enough for anyone who would believe. And I'm going to remember that I serve a Savior who is a king, who was born a king, who will come back a king, who is over creation, who is worthy of my worship and worthy of my gifts. I want to end today with reading Psalm 72. It's a Psalm of Solomon, and the theme is the perfect king. And I think it's a fitting way to end today's episode as we look forward to the endless reign of the Messiah, who alone can rule with perfect justice and whose citizens will enjoy perfect peace. Psalm 72. Endow the king with justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. He will judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. The mountains will bring prosperity to the people, the hills the fruit of righteousness. He will defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy. He will crush the oppressor. He will endure as long as the sun as long as the moon through all generations. He will be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his days the righteous will flourish, prosperity will abound till the moon is no more. He will rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The desert tribes will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him with gifts. All kings will bow down to him, and all nations will serve him. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold from Sheba be given him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. Let grain abound throughout the land. On the tops of the hills may it sway. Let its fruit flourish like Lebanon. Let it thrive like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. All nations will be blessed through him and they will call him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. All right, y'all. I hope that you have enjoyed today. I hope that you have enjoyed this walk uh, through the little town of Bethlehem and all that it brought to us. What a blessing this little town has been to people throughout all generations. So I hope that uh, you have a great new year. I'm going to take some time off, enjoy some time with my family and begin praying and preparing for episodes for 2023. So we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. I look forward to spending some time with you in the new year. I hope that you'll be blessed and I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. 
Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me. And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with Him, will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel-Centered podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.